Welcome to the Time Out Podcast with Tony McGettigan. Because we all need a little time out from life. Hello and welcome to episode number 54 of the Time Out Podcast with me, Tony McGettigan. And I'm delighted to say that my guest today was a Donegal Person of the Year in 2009 and is recognised as one of the finest musicians not only our county has produced but also our country. In the late 80s she co-founded the now well-renowned Irish folk group Alton uh, where she is on lead vocals and the fiddle and Alton have sold over a million records and their appeal is vast in many parts of the world. And uh, my guest today has pardoned upon uh, many other strings to her bow in the sense she has performed in multiple groups and also has presented trad music programmes on TV and radio. So it gives me great pleasure to say, Mairead Niwini, you're very welcome to the Time Out podcast. Thank you very much, Tony. It's great to be here with you. Yes, it's an absolute uh, honour to feature you, Mairead. And, and how are you? Great altogether. I'm enjoying the good weather here for the end of the summer before the the winter comes in. <laughs> yes, well, it's it's coming in fast indeed, isn't it? It is coming in fairly fast, but um, let, let's enjoy the the sun while it's shining. <laughs> it is. We're we're glad to see a bit of sunshine back this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. And, uh, oh yes, it's yeah. amazing. And I have to say, Mairead, ta gilagogam, Neil Moran gilagogam, agus ni fejer lam gilag a lowerch golitha. But uh, Marshan Kahimaj uh, and Agalu Ajenu Imerla. Oh, this is mean, Tamai. Very good. Fair play to you. If oh. everyone tried that, that would make it an easier, an easier time for the Irish language. Yes, but Gormaigat, Marid. Gormaigat, Of course, we're living amongst very testing times, Marid, and um, I have a lot of empathy, I must say, for the likes of uh, yourself and musicians because. You've been starved of doing what you love for so long. Well, not even what we love. We obviously love playing music, but it's our livelihood. That's correct. <laughs> so it's it's actually over five hundred and twenty days without having work properly, yes. and um, I think it's ridiculous at this stage, especially when you see the amount of people that went to Crow Park last week, which was fantastic and rightly so. Why can't we play to five hundred to a thousand people? It's not even allowed yet. Um, I just can't understand it. I, I think it's ridiculous and it's totally, you know, taking sides and, you know, like we all love, uh, we all love sports and they're right to, uh, fight their corner. But now it's time for inter- the entertainment world to be able to work properly and to actually be able to earn our living. Yeah, well, definitely so, Mairead. And there's definitely no one that can disagree with that when you look at it. The government have shown inconsistency when it comes to this because when you look at the scenes in Dublin last Sunday, uh, it is a real kick in the teeth to musicians. Oh, I was just so, you know, we played Shen Oggs with uh, the family group, played Shen Oggs on Saturday night and there was only 100 people allowed. While, you know, then 40,000 people went to Crow Park, which is fantastic and rightly so. Like if, if we all, every, everyone is an adult that go to these things and they have to take the responsibility of not going if they're sick and to wear their masks and to, you know, comply to all the restrictions that, and we'll all be able to be safe, but it's happening. 
in England where people are playing proper festivals now and everything. And I actually look very jealously at, at yes. uh, all my musician friends from abroad who are actually working again. And I'm not even on the PUP because I was teaching fiddle online. And I, so I'm desperate for work. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, and you know something, Lady, you quite rightly say it there. Not only is it your love, it's your livelihood. And, um, oh, that's it. It's it's very important that you get back to it and uh, as soon as possible. And uh, scenes like last uh, weekend in Dublin definitely um, make the, your your case a lot stronger. Yeah, well, I think so. And I think when it comes to the arts, because it's music and that it's so it's so based on creativity and on personality and on your you know it, it's 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 um, it's looked down upon when it comes to monetary value you know um i i i found that it was the music and the arts that brought us through the, the darkest times during the pandemic when people were doing free virtual concerts or you know and that kept me going i was able to go in and listen to every, every type of music and go to art galleries virtual walks around art galleries and you know different things to do with creativity but when it comes then to the crunch of people like us trying to make a living it's kind of looked down upon as usher they don't realize you know or they're like as as if we're undervalued monetary wise and you know we're we're depending on this like the man on the street is depending on his next wage package you know that's right it's it's, it's so mm-hmm. important and I remember when I interviewed Daniel O'Donnell last year, he, he said to me that, and it's, it's stuck in my head, even coming to, into this interview when you were talking there, mm-hmm. he said that musicians and singers will be among the very last to come back. And you know something, it looks like it's going to be the case, but it's not necessarily uh, looking like it's correct. Well, I mean, it's it's totally the case. And yeah. along with the musicians and singers, you've got the people who are rigging the the stages, the lighting people, the sound people, you know, the promoters, the agents, the managers, uh, the the drivers. So there's a there's a whole lot of other people involved. So it's not just the singers that are singing on the stage. There's so many people depending right. on that show to go on. You know. Yeah, there. There. My my think, thinking would be made. Surely there's a way to do it uh, in a way that complies with you know safety. Oh, well, yeah. we all want to be safe. That's None right. of us as musicians, we don't want to be playing in a place where we're, we're going to catch COVID. That's right. And we don't want anyone to come to our gigs and catch COVID. Everyone is old enough and sensible and bold enough to know what to do. That's right. You know, we should all know what to do. Just don't go out if you're feeling sick. Yeah. If you're feeling well, wear, wear your mask and comply with all the... You know, take an antigen test, take uh, whatever test you need to take um, to be sure. And uh, I've done a lot of virtual things recently, uh, TV stuff and, you know, virtual shows in certain areas. And we all had to go through certain, you know, there's 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 a list of things you have to do prior to going there so that nobody is in danger. The people are working around you aren't in danger. So like... No, no one in the right mind right. wants to go out and infect somebody. You That's know. right. Yeah, it works both ways. You're, you're it being, does yeah, work. Yeah. Uh, you're being conscious of that. And uh, I definitely hope uh, for musicians like yourself, Maria, that uh, in the near future something can be done uh, to allow you to, to get back to doing what you, you love and, as you say, your livelihood. 
Yeah, well, that's it's it's yeah. very very important. Actually, it's the bread and butter on yeah. the, on the table. <laughs> that definitely so, and that's nothing yeah. more important than that. And yeah, uh, Marie, when we t- look at your musical story, it's 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 amazing to, to be honest. With you. And uh, <laughs> I, I suppose we we start at the very beginning, and I would like to ask you, what's your earliest memory that involves music as when you're growing up? Well, I remember, and this is going back, <laughs> and I was in the cot, and every time I'd stand up, I'd be singing. My father told me, my, my and my mother, they used to say I'd stand up and I'd start to sing. But I do have memories of standing in the cot and holding on to the side of the old-fashioned cots long ago. And then I remember my father playing the fiddle in the house, which was nearly all the time, but we would jump into the fiddle case and pretend it was a cora or something like that and yes. ask him to play Bwajinyelami, Jimmy Ogola. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just nice little memories like that of music being part of the household all the time. And I just thought that's how everyone grew, grew up. Yes. <laughs> and the fact that you were doing that as a child, though, um, Maraid tells me that you were you were witnessing this in the house. Your your dad and, and was obviously singing in the house. No. Oh yeah, my yeah. dad and mum always sang to us, and you know I see them now. Well, I see my my father passed away many years ago, but my mum, you know, she's always singing little songs to her great grandchildren and uh, to her her own grandchildren. You know, just little rhymes and songs, and you know it was it's part of the. Growing up is, you know, that creative and the joy of music. Yeah, and when you take it from such an early age too, Marie, it, it gives you a great chance too of, you know, staying at it, I think, and, you know, growing into something like it has for you. Yes, well, it wasn't intentional, to be honest with you. I went and I became a teacher because I, I just like my dad, it was easy to, and well, you were kind of mixing with children which are, it's a very creative process when you're in a in a class with children. They're fantastic to be around, and also the long summer months would help me to have time to go to festivals and to mix with other musicians. So it kind of suited my sensibility at that stage. And yes. all of a sudden, then we got um, we got kind of an invite to make an album for Gayling, which was it's an Irish company in Dublin and myself and Frankie as teachers made uh, an album called Kyola Dewey and that was an import in America uh, and all of a sudden these people were kind of ringing us up would you like to come to the States to play here there and everywhere and we thought well this sounds good so we took a career break and off we went <laughs> yeah rightly so Marie when you get that offer to I'll tell you you yeah. have to dig it and we 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 wanted we were young and wanted to travel and that was a great opportunity because we had purpose for the travel and we went to America many times then and decided then to take a career break and then offers came in from Europe and from Asia and it's kind of worldwide now where we we go to Asia maybe once every three years or four years and. We go to Australia once in a while and New Zealand and then America is usually twice a year, although we haven't been there in 18, 20 months. And um, uh, like then you have the UK and um, Europe, but that's not looking very hopeful now for a few months until everything hopefully is under control again. Yes. 
Well, it's, uh, it's such a, it's such a great success story, though. When you look at it, though, Maria, you know uh, the your own story, and when you look down at the likes of Alton, and of course you mentioned there uh, your late husband uh, Frankie Kennedy. May rest in peace. That's right. Uh, like you would have co-founded Alton with uh, Frankie. Frankie. And, yeah. But before. Before uh, um, Alton, of course, as you talked there, you had you had so much experience together, and uh, I was so sorry to hear about Frankie as well. Yeah, well, Frankie was uh, he never had a, a day's um, uh, you know on on an unhealthy day in his life until the, this cancer ha- you know struck him. But uh, he was he was he started late playing music, like he was eighteen, nineteen when I met him, and he started playing whistle and flute. And at that stage, we used to just go down to Hootie Bugs with my father and play sessions there. And through that, we learned a lot of music and met a lot of people. And uh, that's where we kind of started off uh, in Hootie Bugs many, many, many years ago and uh, meeting a lot of other musicians our own age. And of course, when you meet people, peers, your own age, it just makes it more more in common with people and you know you can exchange tunes and uh, it it just made it it's, it was a great community it still is and I'm so delighted that my daughter has started playing music because it just gives you a community um, the music community is so good and they look after you so well even when I went to college in Dublin as soon as I started playing music like I was getting lifts everywhere I left home every night yeah. I didn't have to run for buses or you know everyone looked out for you and made sure you were all right and looked after and you got a gig here and there and that's fantastic as a student there's nothing like having a few pounds in your pocket well that's that's, that's <laughs> true and uh, I'll, I'll tell you I can remember actually somebody said to me and this certainly applies to to, to yourself uh yeah. Maria, somebody once said to me that if you're if you play a musical instrument and you're into music, that it's a passport to the world. Oh, it's a passport! You you're invited to every party going. <laughs> yes, so you definitely can relate to that. I know it yeah. was it was it was and a lovely way to meet people and to meet your idols as well. You know, we were so lucky through music that we met so many of the big names of the music scene and. That's very important too, people that you really admire and next thing you're standing beside them at a festival playing music with them and you feel so honoured and thank everyone whoever gave you the first lessons. <laughs> well, that's, that's true, yes. It's, it's a long journey and um, you definitely, I'm, I'm sure, don't forget uh, what um, that in terms of the yeah. people that helped you along the way. But Oh, yes. Yeah. But when I see you, you play the fiddle, Mairead, uh, myself, like just, uh, we'll come on to the mm. vocals. But when I see you play the fiddle, I, I see you play with great distinction, but also I see uh, such joy in your face when you're actually playing it. Oh, it's an, it's an amazing thing. Music's just so uplifting, you know, if you're feeling down, just start playing music or sing a song. It's, it just, it just brings, brings you to another area of your mind, you yes. know. You forget the woes of, the daily woes, and uh, I must say, during the COVID period, I, I I I composed so much. I was composing a lot of music because, as you know, living in Donegal and beside the sea, you're inspired right away. All you have to do is look out, even That's on right. a bad day. Even on a bad day, it's brilliant. There's, it's yeah, inspiration. There's, there's so much inspiration around us uh, where we live. Yes. And, um, just talk to me more about Alton Raid in the sense of uh, the members that would have started yeah. out in, in the, the Lady D's, obviously yourself and Frankie yes. co-founded it. 
But yeah. the members t- like the, today and Elton, let's say, compared to when it started out, tells me much differences over the years. Well, we still have Kieran Corn, who is on Bazooki, and he now lives in Donegal with his lovely wife, Maya Boner, who is uh, from Boner's shop in in Bonbeg, Matt Boner's daughter. And uh, so Kieran's still with the band, and Mark Kelly, who's the guitar player from Dublin, and he's one of the founding members as well, so he's a great guitar player. And then we have the High Sproul. When we went to America, the High was always... He's from Derry. David Sproul would be his his English name. The High would be the Irish equivalent. And his people used to always come to to the Rosses here. They have a house in Mulladuff, and uh, he's, he used to go and learn Irish in Ranafarshta. And uh, that's how I le- I met him through Clanny Gonal, Myra Dentrina, and Michael O'Donnell of Scarabray. Yes. He played with them, and he used to be around Bonbeg a lot. So he became our American guitarist, and he's a wonderful singer as well. And then uh, we had, uh, well, myself and Frankie, obviously, and then Frankie passed away. And we had Paula Shocknessy, who has Donegal connections. His mother would be a McBride from Balbuffet. And he loved Donegal music and he used to play a lot with us in sessions in Dublin. So he was one of the first fiddle players along with myself. And then we brought Kieran Turish from Bancrana. So there was a three fiddle thing happening where yes. Kieran would play a lot of harmony lines while Paul and I would keep the melody line going. And that was very exciting because it gave a real Donegal fiddle, uh, like Donegal is known for its fiddle music and a lot of the tunes that we would have played would be from the older players like my dad and from uh, John Doherty and the Jarricks from Kilcar and Con Cassidy and James Byrne. So these fiddle tunes were never heard outside the county at all and the Campbells of course of Glenties we got a lot of tunes from them so we were able to emulate how they played them and with the three fiddles and or with even two fiddles then because Paul had to go uh, as he had a young family and he couldn't go on the road again so so uh, myself and Kieran Turish kept the the dual fiddle going and then Frankie was on the flute but then poor Frankie passed away so but we kept going and Dermot Byrne uh, who became my second husband actually um joined the band yes. on the box and he he's well known and such a brilliant musician as well um for how he can blend with Donegal fiddle music yes with, using the button key so that was all exciting as well but now we're back to actually four members and Martin Tourish from Balbuffet who's the youngest member of the band he's an amazing piano coordinator player and he was Young Musician of the Year about 10 years ago. Uh, amazing player and an amazing composer. So he's brought another element in. So now it's uh, Kieran Corn, Mark Kelly, the High in America and myself and Martin Turge play. So it's usually four members yes. on stage and it makes it nice and compact and easy to travel and easy to tour. Well, that's, uh, <laughs> Not too many people. Makes it so back, easier, yeah. Yes, so uh, pairing back the numbers actually made it easier for us as musicians, and you know. But now we're we ha- we have to wait until the touring starts again. But we're working away on 
getting material together for um, recording, and yeah. hopefully that'll be do- we'll be doing that during the the coming months. Yes, well, that's certainly a great variation there in, in Alton yeah. at the minute. It sounds, <laughs> it, it's going very strong, and uh, I'm, Ooh, sure, yeah. I'm, I'm sure in a way, despite all the negativity of COVID and the delays, Mairead, that you're going to uh, take away the uh, the positive side in the sense when you come back to the stage, you'll have a lot of new material. I'm sure. Oh, we have tons of new material just working. We're working on that during the summer here and we're, we're starting now to record in uh, the coming months. And um, it's just, you know, keep working on the music and actually coming together again gives us a sense of, well, purpose <laughs> when like, you're not working, you know. Yeah. So it's, 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 so we are working, investing in our future, I hope. And hopefully we have a few gigs coming up for you know, uh, restricted audiences in Cork and uh, there's one in Amsterdam coming up soon as well. So just small restricted audiences, but uh, we're looking forward to playing live again. Yeah, well, I'm sure that that's definitely the case, Marie, uh, doing what you, mm-hmm. what, you, what you love. And as I mentioned in the introduction, Marie, like you've played with various groups yourself and uh, amongst them the likes of the, the String Sisters and uh, Tea with the Maggies uh, involving that's White right. Brennan was in that group. And that's uh, right. you've definitely had lots of different uh, angles in terms of groups yes. as well. And and the latest one is She Fiddlers, all Donegal girls. Uh, I'm the eldest. Uh, yes. All Donegal ladies uh, playing fiddle, and it's fantastic. That's right, 13. So there's yeah. 13 ladies. And when we actually did the first concert, there was over 50 female fiddlers on stage in the Grenan Theatre in Letterkenny, and it was a fabulous sound, yes. really, really amazing sound. And uh, then when we were thinking of coming together as as a core group, uh, the main people that organised that that um, concert, which was myself and Tara Conahan from Glenties, we just brought it down to 13 people who were able to be available and to do it. And we recorded an album, uh, She Fiddlers, and it's great. You know, it, it was just so lovely and refreshing for me yeah. as well to do something with the it and it's quite a new phenomenon because when I was starting to play the fiddle back in the late 70s early 80s there was hardly any female fiddlers in Donegal it was mostly a man dominated thing which was grand I never looked at it as a a gender thing anyway because I just played the music but it was really strange that someone pointed out were there that many young girls playing when you were growing up and I realised there wasn't. Yes. There was hardly anybody. Which, there was a lady yeah. called Kathleen McGinley from Lifford, Raffoe, and uh, I think she was the only lady I saw ever playing the fiddle when I was growing up. So it was. it's great. It's all balancing out now where there's loads of young boys and loads of young girls playing and that's the way it always should have been and that's the way it yeah, hopefully will go on because you know, girls have a different sensibility and it's nice to see uh, that feminine aspect of the music coming through as well, which gives the music another colour. It, it is, and definitely so, and I'm sure people will uh, enjoy that concept as well. Right? Yes. And uh, as I say, uh, like n- n- another group that I'm sure you're very proud of as well that was formed in 2013 was the Moonies. Um, yes. Right? And uh, <laughs> when I, when I, I'm sure that that's something that's brought great pride to you as well. 
Well, we were we're very, very happy. Like, it's something that we always said, oh, we'll have to do that. We'll have to make an album. We have to make an album. And eventually, I think it was Kieran and Winnie, the nephew, said, look, we'll have to do it sooner or later. Like, stop talking about it and do it. So yes. I'm really delighted that my mum has heard it. And, you know, I'm sorry that Francie wasn't around to hear it, but we have him on a track on it. Anyway, my dad, who played the fiddle. Oh, that, that nice so we, we got an old recording of him playing with the rest of us and uh, put it on as well oh, but um yeah so we did uh, a, a few tv shows recently the heart of saturday night and we're doing uh ireland and song we're recording that soon um this week i think and we did a few gigs uh over the summer so it's nice to have an alternative band and to have the family involved and yeah, you know, right. it's, it's just another extension of the music. It's great, it's great, it's great to see it, and of course, the, the, the album like was released in 2016, I think. Right? That's right. Yes. Yeah, and uh, you know, um, it's great to involve when you see a family coming on on stage. That's something very special too, I think. Yeah, well, it's kind of a natural thing to do, but we were we were putting it on the long finger, and we we realised if we didn't do it soon, you know, like we, it it would be silly not to try it, and it's it's really been. Uh, greeted beautifully and you know a lot of nice reaction and some of the family who haven't been who haven't got the chance to go professionally musically you know like my brother who has been playing music as long as I have at Garage and my sister who they they all work in different areas so my sister plays whistle and sings Anna so it was nice for them to you know get get, get a, a dip into the recording era as well and that's right. get get us all to play together so that it's nice it's, and then of course I have my daughter playing with me and the extension yeah. the music is carried on to the next generation you know yeah all, all so talented that's one thing you definitely have to say you know and, oh well uh, it's I don't know about talent oh, but well, we enjoy it <laughs> we enjoy it well that's the most important thing Marie then it was uh, yeah. na- as you say it was a natural thing that had to happen because when you consider how musical your family is yeah, well, we all have different uh, areas of music that we excel in. Like I'm into Donegal fiddling and the old songs, and then my sister plays whistle, and then Garage is a guitar player. He used to play the pipes, but when he went to college, the pipes were too loud, so he started playing guitar. I see, yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then my daughter loves the fiddle. She started playing fiddle, and it's non-stop there. And the same with uh, Kieran Omini, who is now a... TV producer actually, but he plays the fiddle with his wife Kathleen Yagawan, and both of them are part of the Moonies and the yeah. Moonies. And Kathleen's a great dancer; she plays concertina and a great dancer. And then, of course, we have uh, the man uh, who, who's next door that has the studio, Manus Lonnie. So he's That's right. he's uh, he's roped into it as well. Oh, so it's, yeah. it's all it's all fun, and uh, we we have great. We played last week at uh, Shannog's Beaw, which was the first uh, series of gigs that Shannog's put on in Gidor and it was fantastic. Really greeted with a lot of enthusiasm and everyone dancing and enjoying themselves, so that was good. Well, I'm sure too, there's a, you know, and even, not that there wasn't an appreciation before, Maria, but I'm sure now, even when things are getting back to a, a small degree of normality, that there's an even greater degree of appreciation. Yeah, well, we hope so, and it's nice to be able to play locally and to be able to do gigs locally as well, because to be honest with you, I've been traveling for over 30 years now, and I I really don't want to travel again after this 
this has been a great break for me. It's the most I've ever been at home since I was a teenager. And I, I just realized I don't want to be traveling anymore. <laughs> yes, it helped you. I just don't want to. I just, I, I love being home. Um, it would be great to have the gigs at home as well. Was it Christy Moore who said, why go to Adelaide when you can play at home? That's true. You know? <laughs> I know better man. I'll to, to, to make with a, a, a wise statement like that. And, uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, and you touched there briefly on, I have to give him a shout out, uh, Manus Lunny. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah, Manus amazing Lunny musician. Is, is a great musician and he's a studio there as well that that the likes of uh brendan quinn has recorded in as well yes brendan quinn oh everyone daniel yeah. o'donnell ourselves like anytime i'm doing anything solo i'm annoying lannis and his wife yvonne yes. for a cup of tea and <laughs> record um uh, and it's it's very handy for me because he's i'm i live on one side of the runaway uh, airport and Donegal Airport, and he lives on the other side. I see, so there's no escaping. <laughs> there's no escaping, and he's very well. He's also an amazing producer yes. and engineer, so it's always good to have someone that you don't, you know, understands your music. And that's that's very important, yeah. you know, especially when you're recording. You don't have to be thinking about, you know, I wonder you. does he get? Yes, yes, yeah, that's and, exactly what and, it's uh, about. Manus definitely has worked with a lot of. Great uh, people and, and music and yourselves. Oh, included. sure. Yeah. His his uh, band Capricalia are incredible. Uh, he plays with a Scottish band called Capricalia, and they're they're yes. they're really big in Scotland and all over Europe and yes. America as well. So oh, they have a great reputation. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Capricalia. So they, yeah. so they're uh, incredible. So, like, it's good to have somebody like that in the locality that can help you with different projects. It definitely is a, a big uh, boost here, Maria, to have that. Yes, on, yes, on, yes, on, to on, have. On definitely. And I have to just mention uh, briefly as well that you would have worked, obviously, with the Brennans in, in the past. Uh, oh, obviously yes. Obviously, the, the famed uh, Brennans, like the obviously Clannet. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's a great story as well. Uh, I remember um, I remember listening mm-hmm. to Maya Brennan being interviewed before, and uh, mm-hmm. she was talking about the fact that her, her dad used to encourage them to go up on a stage to sing or and to perform on a stage, yeah. and, and and I thought to myself, you know what, that was that's so important that even to any musician that they get that encouragement to start out with, right? Yeah, well, it's important to be to be to have, you know, you can be a fantastic musician, but then you mightn't be able to put that across in in a professional way, you know. So it's good to have that that skill of going up on a stage and being able to. Uh, you know, introduce your work right. and to, uh, that's another skill completely, the com- communicative skill right. of uh, communicate, especially, you know, when, when you're singing in Gaelic and my choice is mostly to sing in Gaelic. I love, have, have a, a myriad of English songs as well, but I, I like the old songs from this area. And, uh, you know, and I'm traveling all over the world, but when I introduce the songs, I, I explain, the background to the songs and the people I got the song from and as much as I can about the song. That's and, important. You know, but most people, like, they just love this mystery language and the whole thing. And, like, a lot of people that I've sung to have come to Donegal because they like the idea of this strange place in the northwest of Ireland with another language and... and uh, you know, all these beautiful songs came from. And uh, we've had a few people who have come here to learn the language and the music and 
the songs and it's amazing how that affects people. Yes. It's it's really, really important, I think, and we should shouldn't underestimate our culture, what we have here. It's so important and it's very unique. And especially those beautiful old songs that have never been heard much and uh they affect people a lot because the melodies are so beautiful. The the poetry is so beautiful. Right. And, uh, you know, it's from, uh, like, people are very attracted to that. And it seems to be more getting more popular it is. all the time. And it's, it's no real surprise, uh, Maria, and it's, it just shows you that there's so many elements to... To someone like yourselves, uh, like yourself, Maria, singing a song that it's not just that that you're promoting the area as well in, in so many ways. And um, yeah, not not only are you a fantastic fiddle player, Maria, for many decades, you're also uh, uh, you also have such a distinctive, beautiful voice. And uh, I actually saw a comment under um, a YouTube video that you had up of uh, yourself uh, singing "Glanton Glass Guidor, uh which is obviously. Uh, uh, a, a great song that uh, has a great personal meaning to you, but yeah. the comment that was that came in was uh, when I first heard her singing. Asked yourself, Maria, in the late eighties, I was captivated by her voice and still am. She only gets better with time, and that's <laughs> that, that just shows you that's a huge, you know, that just oh, that's that's yeah. lovely. Uh, 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 that's very nice of whoever said that. I must buy them a drink sometime. <laughs> <laughs> but it just shows you that you know. You, You've got so many elements to you. No, well, it's to do with if you love something, you do it as well as you can. I never claim I'm a singer. I never claim I'm a fiddle player, but I love doing what I do. And if you actually have passion about something, people pick that up too, and they become passionate because it's like when I was a teacher, I'd be passionate about certain subjects, and those subjects the children would love because if you're passionate about something, it, it is kind of... It 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 goes to the audience, you That's know. That's right. They they can feed from that, and um, they can feed, and they actually appreciate it more. Yeah, oh, certainly so, because they can see how much mm-hmm. it means to yourself, and you can deliver that. And um, the song like Glanton Glass uh, Gidor, um yes, Maria, that's a song that um, I've been listening to a lot in the in the last number of days. Uh, yeah. Especially, it's a song I've always uh, enjoyed listening to, but even more so to 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 sort of get a a better grasp of it in the, in the last number of days. It's a song, yeah. song that was written by your late dad, Francie. Yes, my father wrote that the night before he got married. Yes. <laughs> so it was back in 1954, I think. And uh, he, um, my mother was the first to hear it. Yes. Song, and it's based on the melody of Paddy's Green Shamrock Shore. Uh, he... Ashtori Gidor, who were the Gidor players, were being invited to go to Glasgow to play to the diaspora in Glasgow. And, uh, it was, it was the winter of 54, 55, 55, I think, 54. And, uh, they were, um, it was Boxing Day. They got married, but the night beforehand he played, he decided to write that for the immigrants from Gidor who were spread all over the world, actually because it is an immigration song and he thought it would go down well with the the people in Glasgow and at that stage a lot of people from the Rosses Gidor and Clahinela were uh, living in Glasgow, all the younger people who couldn't get work here were all automatically would go to Scotland so that was sung there uh, the first time in Glasgow 
1954, 55. Yes. I think they went over 54, Boxing Day of 54. Yeah, that's, that's when they went to Glasgow. That, that's amazing, isn't it? Mm. When you consider the story, the, the backdrop of that as well, and, and you know how, how much that song actually means to, to people uh, since that, you know. Yeah, well, it's the, first, it's the first song in Irish that ever went into the, the charts in Ireland when the, the um, what were they called, the Johnstons uh, recorded it uh, back in the 60s. Yes. And uh, it was Paul Brady who, who chose that song because he learnt it at a summer college in Gidor. And uh, next thing, my father got word that it was going to be recorded as a single. But it went into the charts here in Ireland. That's the first sure, yeah. Gaelic song ever to get into the charts. It's not a great, great achievement. Yeah, so that was a really big deal for us. Yeah. We were young and we got excited about that. <laughs> well, no, no wonder. And, and, and you mentioned yeah. Paul, Paul Brady there. Um, yes. Paul Brady, um, give you a little bit of a nudge once because um, after your dad sadly passed away you you weren't really performing the song much Maria but uh, right. it was Paul Brady that sort of prompted you one night why don't you sing your father's song yeah well he loved it he always loved it and um he said sure why don't you sing it was too obvious to me you know that's yes. like everyone like and he said but why don't you record it so I did and also, he recorded uh, a lovely translation of um, a song Francie wrote, uh, The Licks Upon Your Train. Oh, yes. And uh, it was Paul who prompted him as well to to actually translate that one because he was asked to sing it in Gaelic on a certain um, record yes. that was doing uh, covers of, of Gaelic songs. And uh, my father, he loved that song because he used to listen to Ian Smith and Judy singing it. He just thought it was a gorgeous song. But Paul approached Francie and asked him to um, translate it. And he, he recorded it then and just played a lot on Radio Nagelter too, you know, fantastic version of it. Yes, and it just shows you the, the, your dad's um, the involvement as well, that um, music was so uh, important and close to him and uh, the likes of Paul Brady, when you're Paul Brady coming to you to, to help, to get help, you oh, know, yeah. you're doing something, you know. Oh yeah, well, Paul Brady's, uh, he's he, he loves the language and he also loves you know, to get the right meaning of the words and he knew that Francie could do it in his sleep. To be honest with you, my father was very, very talented with words and with poetry yes. and he had he had a way with he could do it within a few hours, you know, write yes. a whole song like within a few minutes actually. So uh, yeah. we we actually used his, his talents many the time. Like I remember the first time we recorded with Dolly Parton, she she asked me to translate a few lines of a, a song. She said she would have loved, she wanted me to sing it in Gaelic and I sent the song. It was Barbara Allen, which is a very well known ballad. Yes. And I sent Francie the words of that song from, um, Dollywood actually we were recording and, uh, my father said, that's the same version your granny sang. He said, so he had no problem. So with it, the, it was a fax at that stage because it was 94 so I he wrote back within an hour with the translation of the wow. verses that she wanted and she was so delighted so I recorded that with Dolly Parton Isn't that incredible? Um, yeah and then he did the same with the sweet by and by years later she asked me to do another one and um, 
it was so happy to be part of that and that Francie was a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. That, just, that just shows you how far that you have like travelled and the Donegal like, uh, um, effect on, uh, you know, like Dolly Parton and uh, to have, yeah. yeah, it just shows you. You must be great. even though, even in your own right though. That's that's the thing, no married. Like uh, you're all like uh, done super achievements yourselves, but when you have the likes of Dolly Parton as well, it's it's. Oh, she was just so encouraging, and she loved the sound of the language, and uh, um, and she said like, I want you to sing this long, but I, I don't want you to sing in English because she said. It just sounds so lovely in Gaelic. <laughs> so, yes. Like she, she was showing her roots. Her father was from Irish uh, ba- background as well. She said so. She wanted to show that side of her. Yeah. And she's just a very intelligent woman and um, just great fun. Great uh, fun. Yeah, definitely. Uh, can can uh, remember talking to Margot about her. Margot, of course, is a oh, very, Margot, you're well. Yes, yeah, and, that's uh, right. She speaks so f- fondly of her. But when I look through the words of the. Um, of uh, Glanton Glass Gridor, uh, Mairead, um I have to say that uh, you can see that there's a great poet in, in your dad. You know, oh, he them. was, yes, he was, uh, he just, it just came to him very easily, like not a bother. He used to write for the pantomimes in Gidor and he used to write songs that will, you know, on the back of Sweet Afton pa- papers. And <laughs> we have all these kind of bits and pieces of paper with verses of songs written on them notes, in his yeah. handwriting, you know, notes that he'd yeah. just do on on spec. Yes. You know, he'd write a verse just as he was going along. But he, he had a great talent for stuff like that. It yeah. was just part of his, he was passionate about poetry and songs and yeah. he was able to do it. So Yeah, and you know something, Marid, uh, I'm not, uh, I wouldn't be too fluent uh, in Irish speaking, <laughs> so... Uh, no, I know the song is in its beautiful state in, in as Gaelic is at its mm-hmm. most uh, pristine. But in the third verse, just uh, to, to mention it in English, yes, uh, I, I just thought there's so many uh, beautiful lines. Um, yeah, uh, this one there's a number that stuck out to me even more so. Uh, to leave my native land, it was not my choice. The strong, deceitful foreigner's hand drove me mm-hmm. away. That's that. How many people like down to the years, you know, could have said the that? same. Yeah, Trumlogal, the who, yeah. So uh, you know, it, it, well, that's what, that's how he 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 felt, you know. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely a lot of people that could uh, relate to that. And do you think the song was um, a tribute to people that were emigrating, or was it a partial of his own experiences? As well, or was it well, he had to. Well, he went to college. He didn't have to emigrate like my mother had to emigrate. But uh, he went to college. He was in St. Enda's in uh, Galway, and then went to St. Pat's uh, later. Yes. So, but uh, he didn't have to, to to go on the emigration ship. But he had an affiliation, and a lot of his friends would. He knew what how they felt. Like on his grave, we have uh, one of the lines from that song, which actually summed the whole thing up. And that means there's a place in my heart for every man and woman and child uh, who lives in Bidor and uh, uh, and then, you know, who, who are under the so he just wanted to 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 write it in for all those people that had to emigrate and for the people living in Gidor. Yes. So that's how he was a very proud man from 
Donegal. <laughs> definitely so, and you can, you can definitely gather that. And even the first, uh, very first uh, line there, Marie, mm-hmm. uh, goodbye to the majestic mountains of County Donegal and yeah. goodbye to Errigal Towering High. That's, yeah. you know, that, that immediately, they say that the first few lines in a song are very important to sort of catch a, a, a listener's ear. And that mm. that is a very uh, strong start to a song too, I think. Yeah, well, I think that's the image. Everyone that leaves this part of Donegal, that's, you, you leave back, you leave the, the hills, but then Errigal's always the, the one you see. That's the last image you see of, of your native place. That's right. Yes. Uh, yeah, and that's right. It's one of the the, the keystones, the, the cornerstones yeah, that, of, of Donegal. Yes. And when you look throughout, that's our when, image. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So when when you look throughout the song, then there's so many different places mentioned, like Dunlewy and Glendon and and Muckish. Yeah. Yes, you know, and I have a, um, I heard recently that a lot of people who have heard the song come over and they they do walks around all the places that are mentioned in Glanton Door. Yes, well, there you go. That yeah. shows you. So it's, it's still, yeah. it's still basically um, has a, a a massive effect on people. Oh, it does, and they like people, as you say, it's the poetry. Even though it's a melody from another song, it's the poetry of the song that really stands out. It, it really is. That's what really I thought was was really beautiful. And mm. and of course, in, in Irish, it's just when I hear you even reciting it there, uh, mm-hmm. it's just even more beautiful. Uh, ah, but, thank uh, you. But it definitely is. As you have described it, Mairead, it's a Guidor anthem. Oh, it's a Guidor anthem. And I think, you know, when when I travel the world, you know, sometimes you're in the middle of nowhere. Next thing, some, someone writes a, a little letter, please sing Glanton Los Guidor, you know, up to you. And you're saying, my gosh, here I am in the middle of Arizona desert and someone's <laughs> looking for Glanton Los Guidor. Or, you know, you might be in Sydney at the Sydney Opera House and someone's looking for Glanton Lasky door, so it's it's kind of it's uh, reassuring that people that it has the appreciation of our area has ex- actually travelled afar. Oh, it certainly has, and that I suppose mm-hmm. I suppose uh, is really as well partially due to the amount of Irish that have actually emigrated to these parts of the world. Oh yes, that's exactly what it is, and they feel an affiliation, and they always support bands like ourselves that come through, and they. You know, how many people come up to me and say, oh, I'm one quarter Irish. <laughs> That's know, right, yes, there's always a bit of Irish somewhere. <laughs> like, yeah, and I'm just saying, my God, you know, it's incredible yeah. and fair play to them. Yeah. We, we wouldn't be able to survive without these great people that have, um, that, that follow their culture and keep loyal to their roots. That's right, and that's uh, that is very important to keep alive. Uh, it really is. Yes. And there's actually before we move move on from Glanton Glass uh, Gidor, Mairead, I have to mention something as well. When I was doing a bit of research, that um, when you first discovered the song, you were only aware of three verses. That's right. There was only three verses in Oberwiren, which is a little green book that we used to always get at school, and then. Um, I was going through the archives in Radio Nagelferta and I found a local lady, Annie Onyemun, Annie Nigalahar, who would be Hudi Bug, the man that owned Hudi Bug's bar, uh, her, his sister. And she was a great singer herself and her sister, who's still alive in her 99th year, Kitty Onyemun. Yes. But uh, she had a fourth verse and my father said, oh God, that's right, I wrote a fourth verse. <laughs> <laughs> Which was, he forgot. 
So I sat down and I wrote the fourth verse down from this tape because he totally forgot that he had written the fourth verse. So that, yeah, and so it was not a nice wee and that's a uh, thing for you to discover, you know. Yes, oh, and I'm sure there are many things that I haven't discovered, you know. Yes, and such a beautiful but verse it is too. It's a great verse, yeah. and he said he didn't realise that Oberwaran uh, hadn't the fourth verse in it, but. Um, Actually, Paul Brady was delighted to hear that there was another verse. He said, God, that's another verse to learn. That's that. You saw the, it was a, 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 like a, what they call a, an uncut scene of a movie. There was a, yes, an, added, an added scene. An added, uh, just to, to have another an, another discovery, you know. That's right. But it's a definitely a great tribute song, uh, a great song from your dad. And uh, may he rest in peace. Uh, ah, thank you. Married and, and as well, I have to say hello to your mum as well. She's, yeah, Kitty Rua. Yes. She, she'll be listening in Kashkladi. <laughs> yes, and she's a big age, you were telling me. She's 94 in June. Yes. She was 94, and she looks like more like 64, to be honest with you. She's in top health oh, great, and great to very hear. happy in herself and uh, is an inspiration to us all. Yeah, I, I'm sure that she has definitely... Uh, played a, an important role as well down to the years and uh, oh huge huge yeah. encouragement and uh, always encouraging us to be ourselves and yeah. to be happy and yeah, well, I have to thank thank her for a lot of a lot of good goodness yeah well we definitely have to, to say hello to her and uh, yes no important no, no more important person than a, a, and a home than than mum oh yeah. mum and she played a bit of music as well she played the accordion when she was younger and yes Great dancer, knew all the highlands and the mazurkas and the barn dances. She was a great dancer. So there you go. The music was was there. there was, oh, there was no escaping yes. it for you because uh, <laughs> it definitely was a natural transition, though, for you to be all involved in music. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it was. It it, it wasn't even a transition. It was just part of our DNA growing up. It was always part of our language going yes. in the house and. And beyond, and yeah. we listen to every type of music now. In fairness, it wasn't just traditional music. We listened to every type of music growing yes. up, and uh, appreciate every every type of music. There shouldn't be, you know, any any distinction between one and the other. I think music is a, an art form that just you express yourself totally and makes people happy and brings people to a happy place and that's the main thing that's right and that's it's there's so many different genres that um you know people love and without yes. music i'll tell you the world would be a, a lot worse off well i think it kind of brought us through the last 18 it months <laughs> it, defi- it definitely did and it's, uh, yes uh, um as i touched on on the, uh, on the introduction as well Mairead, like you were donegal person of the year in 2009 that mm-hmm. must have been a very proud moment for you and your family oh i couldn't believe it but uh, you know i felt you know, if, if if I got it, it was because I was brought up in a very good area with a lot of other people that inspired me and gave me the language, gave me the music and gave me the incredible, you know, background to where I was able to launch a career and put Donegal on the map. So I was happy yes. to be to to represent them in that. <laughs> well, that's certainly a great accolade that was definitely deserving mm-hmm. to you, Marid. Uh, thank you. And, I appreciate it. Yeah, and in 2016 as well, I'm going to give you another uh, mention here, another, <laughs> another award you won. You won. I might be pronouncing this wrong, but you won the Gradam Kjol Teaching Camera yeah. Award. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Gradam Kjol. Yeah. Well, that was kind of it's like getting the Oscars in your in your um, in your own ca- you know category, which that's is right. Musician of the Year. And again, it was 
I couldn't believe it. I felt very humbled by that. And, um, you know, again, it's bringing Donegal music to a world stage. And if I was the person they chose to, to give the Gratham to, I was happy, but, uh, delighted, uh, to have got that, uh, and it was my peers that actually chose. So, well, yes, no I was still, yeah. So, um, again, it was, it's just one of those things that I can look back at. Uh, even now, and just say thanks, you know, that's it's, it's, I can't believe it still. Yeah, and as I say, Trad Musician of the Year, that award was as well. So, that yeah, yeah it that, was, that was incredible. Yeah, you've done a lot, Maria, and yourself and your family. When you look back at everything so far, and of course, the journey is, is ongoing, you must be very, yeah. you must have to pinch yourself sometimes at the, at the oh, I do, but, but then again, I, I got uh, an award in Art Raff or for you know the amount of work I did on the music and those things are more important to me when it's local and that it's local people and you know uh, you know and we had a, a, a brilliant weekend down in Ardara during the John Doherty weekend and I can't wait to get back to places yes. like that and you know Glentis is another place I go and hang out in and Glen Colum Killia and Teelan for music and inspiration and Glenties, the Glen of Glenties up in Denny's Bar. And, That's right. Uh, you know, I, I love going to all those those places along with the places around home, but I always feel I can let my hair down when I'm away like that and I usually stay overnight and play music till the wee hours. <laughs> yeah, that's when your heart's con- uh, content. That's when yeah. I'm at my, my most content. Yeah, and it's, it's lovely there when you consider our draw. You know, there it's it's so scenic and beautiful coming through Glenties, oh, and uh, you know it's incredible. It's it's so beautiful, Maria. And uh, I have to give a wee shout out actually to a good friend of mine. Uh, 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 when it comes to this particular part, there there's one particular place you play the Glen Tavern, and uh, yes, uh, a friend of mine, um, um, Mr. Declan Gavin. Yeah, yeah, Declan. And oh his yes, I know Declan. Yeah, yeah. Fiona. That's correct. Yes. She's an incredible uh, fiddle player and a great artist. She has great eye for beautiful art. Uh, she takes great photographs. I, I'm going to follow her career with huge enthusiasm right. because uh, she's she's going to be. Uh, she has a lovely manner and she she listens to the older fiddlers and she's so lucky that she was brought up with Vincent Campbell, God rest him, and Jimmy still playing, and Peter, the young. Um, Jimmy's son, and she she's you know exposed to this music every night when she's playing. So it's it's a lot of music to listen to and a great great background to have. Yeah, it really is a, a great background, and uh, mm-hmm. they live in a beautiful part of up there as well in Fintown. They do, it's, they uh, do, but, and uh, they do the Gypsy Wagon series right. of music. Gypsy Wagon yes. TV, and uh, yes. they're definitely great music lovers, and um, oh, lo- encouraging, yes. Yeah, but but I can just sense though from listening to Declan in the past that how how much of a role did you play in, in inspiring young musicians, right? <laughs> Well, I, I think I'm a teacher by heart and, you know, as they say, Molinogic is Chukishi, um, praise young and they will thrive. And that's how I was brought up. And I just, I just extend that to other musicians and especially young musicians. You have to keep praising and telling them how good they are because that's, that's right. the way they'll thrive and that they'll get better. That's true. That's what it's very important in early years, as we keep mentioning. Oh yes, and I always, always encourage. Never yeah. take them down, no. you know, because yeah. um, 
they 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 thrive as soon as you tell a child that they're playing well they be, they play better that's right <laughs> it inspires them to, to yeah. yeah take it to another level and um yeah, yeah. but uh Maria, i have to say it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you for the last hour oh thank you very much i really enjoyed it tony thank you Yes, and uh, I have to wish you all the very best uh, with your uh, the, con- the great success of your music journey, and I've no doubt that it'll continue going a strong direction, Marid. <laughs> well, folks, there you have it. That was episode number 54 of the Time Out podcast with uh, Marid Niwini and uh, one of the great musicians of our time here in Donegal and indeed Ireland and uh, it was lovely listening to Maria's stories uh, about her family, her roots, where she started and of course the great success of Alton and her own family, the Moonies and much more, the Moonies. <laughs> so folks, uh, keep on the lookout for episode number 55 which will be coming in the next few weeks uh, but from now, from me, Tony McGettigan, to you the listeners, it's goodbye. For more on the Time Out podcast, visit thetimeoutpodcast.ie. Thanks for listening.